With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. The Volume. Boxing with Chris Mannix is presented by FanDuel. It's NFL playoff time, and there's no better place to get into the action than FanDuel. The app is safe, secure, and easy to use. FanDuel has exclusive offers, boosts, and more all month long. When you win, you'll get paid fast. FanDuel has a lot of ways to play, like the spread, money line, over-unders, team totals, player props, so much more. Jump into the action anytime during the game with live betting. Combine multiple bets in the same game in a same-game parlay and try out Same Game Parlay Plus. And now, FanDuel is live in Ohio, so people in Ohio Get in on the action immediately. Use the promo code BOXING. That's how they know I'll send you. And download the FanDuel app today to start making every moment more. Welcome back to another Boxing with Chris Mannix. As always, you can listen to the show live on the AMP app. Just follow Chris Mannix on AMP. This is Boxing with Chris Mannix. Oh, somebody punch him in the face. Anthony Joshua is a composed and ferocious finisher. Watch this. Andy Ruiz is the heavyweight champion. Hosted by SI's Chris Mannix. That was my moment. Now with interviews, analysis, and everything going on in the world of boxing. When you have talent, you are given another chance. Here's Chris Mannix. And we are back. Boxing with Chris Mannix, part of the Volume Sports Podcast Network. First podcast of 2023, so Happy New Year to everyone out there listening. Thanks to all for listening, subscribing, rating, reviewing in 2022. We had a great year with the show. It was nearly 60 podcast episodes, some great conversations, great guests. Sergio, you know, <laughs> looking forward to doing some more things uh, with this show in 2023. So uh, we do have a big fight this week. Gervonta Davis and Hector Luis Garcia will meet in D.C. D- Garcia is a 130-pound title holder moving up to 135. This is happening, of course, amid some serious controversy around Davis, who was arrested last week on a domestic violence charge after allegedly striking the mother of his child. This woman has recanted her accusation on social media a couple of days later, and all involved PBC, Showtime, have elected to move forward with the event. Joining me to discuss that and much more, two of the most passionate boxing guys that I know, Akin Reyes, Barack Best, better known 
as Ak and Barak, the co-hosts of the DAZN Boxing Show. Fellas, welcome. And uh, Ak, I will start with you. It's been a crazy week, uh, or really a week or so at this point, getting to this point. Uh, what's been your reaction to, I guess, both the accusations that were leveled against Davis and the decision to move forward with this fight? Well, first off, uh, thanks for having us, and I'm honored to be on the first episode of the Chris Maddox Boxing Podcast. So, uh, look, initially, when you hear something like this, first thing I personally do is just wait a little bit before I make any judgment. And even though there's a track record there, there's a video footage of him having some past issues. So, you know, naturally you would think, oh, this probably happened. But later on in the week, he shared some footage of uh, showing his daughter's mother being scrum through upset. Yeah, and there's a lot of information and it's a sensitive subject, so I don't want to get too deep into it. Um, but it seems like he was frustrated. Uh, the call was a little sketchy, but this I'm not being, you know, I want to be insensitive to, to women that suffer from the domestic violence because this is serious. Um, but me, myself, to be candid with you, Chris, I, I've been in situations where a woman has lied about something, um, like in the past. So... I, I I understand what it is to be in those shoes. Whether she lied or not, I don't know. She recanted a statement as of now. He's saying that he didn't hit her and so on and so forth. So they're moving on w- w- with the fight. So um, I don't want to touch too much on that. Um, I think that if indeed he is innocent, I think he's going to fight with more of a chip on his shoulder. We all heard him say that at one point that he's frustrated. He doesn't even want to fight anymore. They can keep this. So that's a man that's suffering, that, that's dealing with some hurt there. I think that he, we're going to see a very upset and very motivated Javante Davis on, on Saturday night. That That's what I'm seeing. Brock, what do you think? I think the same thing. Um, I think there was a moment of weakness. It was a moment of, you know, guys like you, Chris Mannix, who was getting at him on Twitter, you know what I'm saying? You know, and, and it looked that way, you know, and we were so quick to defend the woman. Not we, because I didn't say a word. You know, I was waiting. But now it's like, I think he got a little, I think he got a little uh, vindicated a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Maybe exonerated even, you know? So I think he's back focused and we're going to see the the regular Javante Davis. We're going to see some punishment being handed out. So I, I want to address a couple things. One, uh, you're right, Barack. I did come out pretty strongly in a column on SI.com and on this podcast as well uh, with some feelings on it. Um, I've, I've seen a lot of this in boxing and, mm-hmm. you know, a, a part of me as, uh, Ock pointed out is, is influenced by the video from a couple of years ago that, you know, that, that is irrefutable, you know, what happened in that incident in mm-hmm. Florida. I, I did look, I did get a lot of messages, criticism about what was deemed selective outrage. A lot of people asked, where was the outrage when it came to Sergey Kovalev, the former light heavyweight champion who mm. was accused and ultimately pled out to assaulting a woman in 2018. That was a felony assault charge that Kovalev was dealing with. That criticism, I will say right now, is completely fair. I I didn't say or write much of anything after the reporting on Kovalev came out. I didn't say or write much of anything about the incident before Kovalev fought Canelo, you know, a fight that I I called for DAZN. I also didn't say if we're looking at the totality of domestic violence, I didn't say or write much of anything back in 2021 after the video surfaced of Tank pulling uh, the woman by the collar in the hallway. That's on me too. The Dana White situation 
That's a little bit different. I'm not an MMA writer, so I wouldn't write about Dana White. But make no mistake, what Dana White is on video doing to his wife is disgusting. And the few people that can discipline him, whether it's his partners with Endeavor or his broadcast partners at ESPN, they should discipline him. Let's be clear on that. But as a reporter, as a writer, as a podcaster, I've got to be better when it comes to consistently addressing domestic violence. I will say this though, guys. I did get a lot of messages demanding an apology or a retraction in the aftermath of the statement released by the alleged victim. I'm just not going to do that. There are only two people who really know what happened that day, but the evidence we have is on one side, there is a 911 tape, there is a busted lip, there is an arrest, and there is a police report that describes in detail an altercation that became physical. On the other side, there is this carefully worded recanting that came while a multi-million dollar pay-per-view hung in the balance. Look, you don't need to dig too deep to find studies on assault victims recanting and the reasons they do. Google it. There's countless of them. And because of the incident a couple of years ago, an altercation that was caught on video where Davis grabbed a woman in the neck area and dragged her off a basketball court, Davis has lost the benefit of the doubt in situations like this. Now, accusers lie. And if it turns out this woman lied, she should be arrested. She should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. It is a crime to call 911 and lie about what's happening. It is a crime to falsely accuse someone of hitting you. But right now, a lot of the evidence that's out there points to some kind of physical altercation between Davis and this woman, and that is completely unacceptable. And my point of writing that column was not to single out Davis, though what happened in Florida was obviously the driving force for writing it. It's to spotlight how boxing is dragging so far behind other sports when it comes to how it handles domestic violence. By the way, no one is calling for Gervonta Davis to be thrown in jail because of uh, a situation that evolved that we don't have all the information on. Not even close. What I am saying is that boxing should operate like other sports, where if there is a serious situation involving domestic violence, everything involving the people involved in that situation should be put on pause until there is a thorough internal review of the incident. My point is in boxing, I think networks have to act like leagues sometimes. Top executives have to act like de facto commissioners. And look, I know this is a tough spot for Showtime. They're not just in business with Gervonta Davis. They're in business with PBC. Any decisions they make regarding Gervonta Davis will bleed into that relationship. I also know... Uh, let, me ch- let me chime in real quick because you mentioned Showtime. We all know that when... You know, when the statements uh, that Paulie Malangi made about systemic racism, uh, Showtime acted immediately on that, and, and they ended the contract with him as a broadcaster. So I think Showtime in the past has shown initiative in making a statement and not, uh, you know, right away to, 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 so the network can show some integrity. So I, I just want to give him credit for that because I thought about that when you said Showtime. And look, I, I, I a give, different situation. I give them credit for 
slamming the brakes last year on the davis Roley romero fight after the accusations came out against Romero. Those were serious accusations. Too serious for that event to move forward. Once Romero was clear of the charges, they rescheduled the fight, and we saw that played out uh, last May. The point about the dynamic between Showtime and PBC, I know that no one inside the walls of Showtime is comfortable with any of this. These allegations are disturbing. I talked to several people there. Before and after, I wrote my column. Before and after, I taped last week's podcast. Before we taped today's podcast. Even the people I talked to that took issue with specific things that I wrote, they know this is a mess. They know this is ugly. So I can appreciate the difficulty of their situation. So I guess I'll toss it back with this question. You know, violence, when it comes in boxing, it happens. There's there's a lot of stuff that goes on. It's it's just a sport that, that's, that there's always going to be that. But should there be a hard line when it comes to issues of domestic violence? And do you think networks can operate like a league or should operate like a league? Or is that too pie in the sky or too, you know, optimistic for me to, to, to think about? It probably is a little too optimistic, but I like it. I, I like your thinking. I just think... Everybody should be given a chance to prove their innocence. And and this is one of those cases. Even Roley Romero was guilty in everybody's eyes until he wasn't. And and that's the case. Like, we cannot slam anyone. You know, I think you should apologize for that, even though I didn't think you would say nothing crazy. But I think you should apologize because if you were the one who accused of something and then someone recanted and say, hey, you know what, that actually didn't happen, we can't go according to statistics. We're just going to have to take that person's word. You would want to be cleared of that. You know what I mean? So I've also been in a situation, like Ox said, where I've been lied to, to the police, said that I hit a person and I never hit them. And the police took their own judgment and said, you know what? I don't believe her. I believe him. Miss, you got to go. You know, so it can happen and it can be that 1%. And yes, he has a sketchy pass. And if we're going to judge him according to that, that's just not fair. You know what I mean? But I do like your idea of networks getting more involved. I do like them holding fighters accountable. Yes, 100%. I agree with that. I, I do I do as well, Chris. But, you know, the difference, as you know, in boxing, you know, these networks, it's big business. When you talk about a league like the NFL, the NBA, you know, there's so many teams, so many games. Suspending a player is not going to do no damage to the league. Now, suspending a big, big-time fighter that creates revenue, that's going to do a lot to, to the network, especially the boxing department. So there's a lot of influence there. Uh, it, it won't be as easy as, as we imagine. Should Dana White get suspended? That's what I want to know. That, that, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, Should he I, suspend I, himself? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I, that's a good, like, I don't, we don't cover MMA, obviously, but right. th- that's a, a, a compelling question because I, I'm not sure who would be responsible is it ESPN and and how they yeah, deal I, with Dana thinking, White yeah. I mean they 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 are the ones signing the checks that you know I wouldn't say keep Dana White's company afloat but provide right. the most significant source of revenue yes. uh, for Dana White I, I think there should be some some repercussions for that I guess I guess where we differ guys on on this current situation is that I can't I can't give a lot of credibility to a 
is clearly written by a lawyer statement that, you know, that or an, an official statement, you know, denying something happened. Like if the police come out and arrest this, like, should this woman be arrested? There was also a witness witness there who there was, said, yeah, there was also a witness. right. There was also a witness there yeah. who said, hey, who said the 911 call was phony, it, basically. It, it, it didn't match the scene. And, and you know, if right. you, and if and you kind of was his nutritionist, it, I believe it was a nutritionist. I believe it was somebody who worked for. Yeah, but did Javante. you see the footage also, Chris? Uh, yeah. Javante posted. I did. Okay. I did. I did. I saw, I saw all of it. It's just, look, I, it's it's not a situation where I think you should be canceled forever. But like, right. you know, the, Showtime did pump the brakes on the Romero Davis fight. Now, now this is different. Like Davis is, you know, Romero was replaceable. Gervonta is the is the, <laughs> the cash cow there. Gervonta is yeah. the guy that that drives all the revenue. It's a far more difficult decision. And like I said, I appreciate the challenging position that people in Showtime are in. I guess it's just the, and look, I, I'm sure that, you know, when I get asked by my bosses to write something on this, I take into account the video that I saw of from him at the basketball game. Yeah. I take into account, you know, reading the witness statement from the hit and run where the witness said she was pregnant and was looking at Gervonta saying, help me, and he ran away. Like, this is this is the kind of stuff I do take, you know, that that maybe it triggers me a little bit when, I understand when I'm writing stuff like that. But but the bottom line, to, to come up, to, to bring it back full circle on, on this, like, there does, and this is where I'll agree with with critics of something, of, of what I wrote. There It needs to be across the board. If you're going to write about domestic violence, you write about domestic violence in every case possible, regardless of who the fighter is, what promoter they're aligned with, what network they're on, um... Boxing to me, though, guys, it doesn't, and I wrote this, it doesn't, it has not evolved when it comes to domestic violence the way other sports have. Other sports did, weren't always great at this. I mean, to point out stuff that happened in the 90s, early 2000s, um, but those sports have started to evolve. They've started to take domestic violence a lot more seriously. i just like to see boxing take, you know, domestic violence more seriously as as the sport moves forward. And I think networks are the only ones with kind right. of the, the gravitas to do There's it. nobody to hold them accountable. And that's the thing. So it's a free-for-all. You get to do whatever the hell you want, make whatever the decision you want, because there's no one federation. Yeah, yeah. Well, good points all around. I appreciate uh, the perspective there. Um, we do have a fight this weekend. And yes. I think, you know, before all this happened, I thought it was a pretty good fight. You know, Gervonta um, being billed as a stay-busy fight, it's, it's tough a stay-busy fight as you're going to get. Hector Luis Garcia is undefeated. He's got 10 knockouts and his 16 wins. He is coming up from 130, but you see these two guys standing next to each other. And Hector <laughs> Luis Garcia is the bigger man. Yes. Um, he's coming off the best year of his career uh, where he picked up wins over Chris Colbert, over Roger Gutierrez. These mm. are quality wins over quality fighters. And he beat these guys, took the fight against Colbert on what, like three weeks notice mm -hmm. and still picked up a win there. I think he's trained by a guy who had the best year in 2022, Bob Santos, who was phenomenal. Uh, training up a lot of Dominican fighters last year, including Hector Garcia. So, Ak, I'll start with you. How dangerous an opponent is this for Gervonta Davis? Um, I'm going to be honest with you, and I said it earlier in the week on the Zone Boxing Show. Um, I, I don't think he is going to be as dangerous as, as some may think. And also, we all saw Devin Haney uh, make a statement that kind of threw a little wrench in, in that that idea that we had that this is going to be a, a war when he said he had that to was kick fascinating. Him out of camp. That was fascinating. <laughs> See Devin just pour cold water on Hector's chances. <laughs> exactly. So, so to, to to be honest, for a minute, 
I started to be sold on this. I said, okay, we're going to get a good fight. When I heard that from Devin, I just felt depleted. I said, oh, man, are we going to see a knockout in three or four rounds? And look, uh, there's some footage that Javante put out there, very short footage of their sparring session. And it didn't look like, uh, you know, Devin was teeing off on him. He was getting the better of him. But uh, there wasn't enough footage there for me to make a judgment where, oh, he was teeing off on him. He had to kick him out of camp. We didn't see that much. But uh, Javante made a statement, watch what I do to him on Saturday night. And I'm in agreement with Javante here. I like I, I like Hector. And I, th- I think he he's had some big wins, to your point. But I just think Javante's style uh, is too relentless for a guy like that. And Hector does he, he does stay in the pocket long enough to get hit. I mean, and that's the danger when you fight a guy like Javante Davis. When you're long and rangy and you know how to move and, and evade punches, you know, you make it a little difficult from him, uh, for him. This guy, Hector uh, Garcia, is not that type of guy. He likes to mix it up. And I think within six rounds, he will get hit from a big shot, and that fight is not going to be as competitive as people think. Brock, I, I want to give you, I want you to weigh in, but yeah. can, can we also address how like leaking sparring videos and talking about <laughs> sparring has become like normal. Remember, I mean, yes, I'm old yes. enough now at this point to remember when like sparring used to be sacred. Yes. Like, we used to not yes. talk about what happened behind sparring. Now you open up Twitter and there's all these pictures of something or videos of what's happening in sparring, man. It's crazy. It's just social media, man. I mean, back then there weren't, there weren't any iPhones. <laughs> yeah. You know, sparring definitely was sacred, Chris. I agree with you. What happened in sparring used to stay in sparring like Vegas I just think with let's just talk about one individual and let's talk about Devin Haney. Like, yes, it's 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 happening rampant now, but Devin Haney, I think he has a chip on his shoulder because I feel like he's the king of the division. No one's calling him that. I don't I feel like the boxing world is not calling him the king of the division. Just a minute ago, sometimes you got to call yourself the king in order to remind everybody that. Because just a minute ago, Cambosis was calling himself the emperor <laughs> and, and people started calling him the emperor. But, you know, Javante Davis is a quote-unquote champion. You know, they, they're calling him a champion. And it's still people are still asking, the media is still asking, who's the top guy at 135? Meanwhile, you got one guy with all of the belts that matter. And that's Devin Haney. And I think Devin Haney is just tired of hearing about guys like Ryan Garcia, tired of hearing about guys like Javante Davis and anybody else, Shakur Stevenson, anybody else when he's the man and everybody should be dying to fight him. So I think that's probably what led him because usually Devin Haney doesn't want to talk about the times that he beat people up in sparring, usually. So I, I think he got pushed to that and that's the Devin Haney we see in that. Well, he didn't even show the sparring, Barack. It wasn't him. He made a quick, short, uh, you know, sarcastic no, statement. No, but he, like, he was so vivid. He, he was so detailed saying, I kicked him out of sparring. Normally, <laughs> yeah. he doesn't He doesn't go there. Yeah, true. Yeah, and, and even Ryan, when I interviewed him a couple of weeks ago, you know, I, I was asking him about, you know, are you concerned about, you know, Hector Luis Garcia spoiling, you know, a, a tank fight? He's like, nah, I, I've seen him. I don't think all that much of him. It's just like the level of disrespect for a guy that's 16 and 0 coming off the best year of his career with a great trainer behind him. I just, I, I'm stunned but, but by it. Maybe, that's look, thing, maybe Chris, Javante makes short work of him. Maybe he's probably so. I'm sorry to cut you up. Probably so. Javante Davis is probably going to knock him out. 
maybe soon, maybe not, but I don't want to discredit his worthiness of being there, and I don't want to discredit Javante Davis once he gets this victory. I think this yeah, is, and a, I don't on think, paper, I think this is a very good victory. I just think Javante Davis is levels above. And I don't think that that's discrediting in an opponent. Like, you know, he's earned this fight. Uh, it, it's a fight that was made, and Javante is taking care of who's in front of him. If somebody says, look, I think Javante is going to make easy work of this guy, to, to your point, Barack, it's just he's levels above him, but that's not this. He had a hell of a year. 2022 was big for him. Now he's stepping up to a level that I don't think he's going to be able to deal with. I could be wrong. We don't know. We know this is a theory of the unexpected. We don't know. I just don't see it. No, you, know. you know what? We, I'm, know, we know. Yeah. We know. <laughs> I, I tell you what, though. What, what fascinates me about this fight a little bit is that as soon as Hector Luis Garcia beat Roger Gutierrez, he was calling for a tank fight. This guy already fighting in 130. He's a 130 wow. pound champion. There are other fights he could have. He was calling for a tank fight. Yeah. So there's a level of confidence he's going to take into this fight. And Sergio's talked about this to me a lot over the years. There's something about undefeated fighters. Like they come in there, they've got a certain swagger, a certain moxie, a certain confidence. Um, so I think you're going to get the best of, of Hector Luis Garcia in this fight. I think it's, you know, look, Gervonta has a, a history of getting to guys late, you know, sit past the sixth round, whether it is, Raleigh Romero, Romero, Mario Barrios, Leo Santa Cruz. If you're going to bet on anything, you're probably betting on Javante catching with something big. But I'm very interested to see what the game plan of Bob Santos, the game plan of Hector Luis Garcia, what it is coming uh, into this fight. The only problem for Hector Garcia that is he's fighting an undefeated fighter as well. Right. that has that same type of swagger and that, that same type of nuance of not knowing how to lose. Right. You're right. You're 100% right. <laughs> he's, also, he's, they, they both come in with that attitude. Yeah, I feel like, yeah. you know, that was just a PBC plan for Hector to call out Javante Davis because it really didn't make any sense. Javante Davis doesn't have a belt. Um, you could have called out Shakur Stevenson because at that time, Shakur Stevenson's, well, he's still a 130-pound fighter. He hasn't fought in a fight at 135. So you could have called out champions. He's not a 130-pound fighter. At, at, at no that time, that. all right, but he, he hasn't fought at 135. So that's why I'm going right. to still call him that. So he And he could still win some belts at 130. So that's just PBC keeping that stuff in-house. That's all it really is. And Mario Barros is, is a very big guy. And... Keith Thurman couldn't get him out of there. Javante Davis got power like that. I don't see how Hector could last in there, man. You yeah, know? no, I think that's the best bet to make in a fight like this, yeah. that Tank eventually uh, catches him. I want to connect Ryan Garcia to this, though. Um, Ryan, of course, came out a couple of weeks ago and said, I'm not going to take an interim fight. I'm going to wait for that Tank fight, presumably uh, in April. Um, Tank's going ahead, having this fight in January. Uh, it, it doesn't sound like there's going to be any any fallout from what happened last week. He does, though, face that trial in mid-February for the hit and run. And look, that's a case that could have been settled last year. Like the, the defense and the prosecution agreed on a plea deal that included no jail time. The judge threw that out. So it, it, it sounds uh, to me like... Yes. Like the judge, like the, there's there's pressure from mm -hmm. somewhere mm -hmm. to make sure that in any plea deal, Javante Davis serves something substantial. A lot of that came, I think, from that witness testimony, the the woman that said she you know described what happened uh, in her particular situation. Right. Um. So, like th that's th that puts that fight in peril, at least for April, right? So if you're Ryan Garcia, and all that's going on right now, 
Ak, do you reconsider like taking an interim fight? Do you do you not want to? The concern for Ryan Garcia for me is like you get into like March and all of a sudden you learn that Javante is not going to be available for April, and then you're scrambling to yeah. find someone you can fight in April or May, and, and you kind of sabotage uh, part of your year. That, is that something I, Ryan Garcia should be thinking about? I'm in agreement with, with that. I mean, first off, when he made the uh, the statement or announcement that he doesn't want to tune up, I, I disagree with that approach. Now. Uh, we don't know why. Uh, maybe he wouldn't have been ready. Maybe he was too heavy, you know, to be ready in January and, and needed more time. Uh, I thought that him maybe scoring another big knockout, knockout, even though the opponent, you know, somebody, I guess you could say it's not credible, it still, I think, creates more anticipation for the fight. Uh, he's still knocking guys out the way he beat Fortuna. I think it would have made the Javante fight even, even bigger especially if Javante wins by knockout and staying busy. I love the staying busy fact. I think that's over. Uh, I mean, it, it, we've the era has changed in boxing. I was talking to Oscar De La Hoya one time, and he said, listen, these guys only want to fight two times a year. You know, I remember fighting four times a year. Big fights. And I think they're fighting to go back to that and not, not spend eight, nine weeks in camp. I used to spend six weeks in camp and getting ready for a fight. So I like staying busy. And it was a long time from now. So I, I, I 100% agree with you. I think that he should consider that open case with Javante Davis. But outside of that, just why not get some rounds in, pick up a check while you're at it, pick up a, a highlight reel, and let's, get, let's see what happens in April. I mean, Ak, have you ever trained for 12 weeks to fight somebody that you don't want to no, fight? No, that's, that's my saying. Just, you should not have to train for 12 weeks. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just asking you a question. You know, is that something you would want to do? You think that was something you would want to do? Train for 12 weeks or eight weeks. Let's say eight weeks. Train for eight weeks for somebody that literally does nothing for your career. No, absolutely. Nothing, I mean, I would love the all. opportunity and, to and make... You know what? To, you know, <laughs> I know you would. Yeah, I would <laughs> love the opportunity to make seven figures and train for, for eight not, weeks. Absolutely, 100%. All right, well, well, that's not what he wants to do. He doesn't want I mean, wanna, you act like the guy's making crumbs. And, and, and He's and already a millionaire, and he doesn't want to like, beat up his for body. For a guy like him, for a guy like him, he doesn't have to train eight weeks. I'm sorry. No disrespect to him. Ryan could have got on there five, you're six talking, weeks talking and got ready for that guy. You're talking nonsense because... Any, any smart fight, fight, well, that's, the that's, fight a, didn't that's have a to foolish be at opinion because any smart fighter that's, will take every fight I, seriously. Now, if you want to counter that, you're crazy. Hold up, hold you're up, crazy. hold up, hold up. So Oscar De La Hoya, as great as he is, he didn't take fights seriously? Because he told me from his own mouth, I trained six weeks for most championship fights. And guess what? When he, when he stepped up to the big dogs, he lost. So stop it. Oh, come stop on. It. Come on. Now, I don't Reaching even know why out. you brought that the, up. I don't the, even know the, why you brought that up. The point Oscar is up. that, the point is that, uh, and I don't want to go on a rant here, uh, Chris. You're already on The point one. is that you ain't the fight me didn't have to go. Ryan didn't have to fight at 135. The fight could have been at whatever weight it was. So he didn't have to drain himself to get down because it's a it's an interim fight. And he could have picked up a check, picked up a knockout, and still had several months to get ready and get prepared for 10 you just called You just call boxing the theater of the unexpected. You say it so much, but you don't really hold to that. Understand that I... You gonna let me talk? Okay. There, when's the last... When, well, the, go ahead, this go ahead. freaking guy. <laughs> this freaking guy, bro. You just said that today. Theater of the unexpected. You said it today. Right. Now, listen. Okay. There, there is, if that's the case, there's no such thing as an interim fight in reality. In other words, anything can happen. That's what you said earlier, too. It, okay, so in other words, nobody let should me finish. fight any. Let me finish. Oh, yeah. You're going to lose nicely. Don't worry. Any, I'm, I'm, any, no, I'm already won. Go ahead. 
anything can happen in a fight, right? So you're dealing with a guy who's rich, who only has one fighter on his mind, and you're going to tell me fighting a Mercito Hester will help him do a better job against somebody who's... Did I, did I finish say, did I say what that? I'm saying? Did I say Let that? Let me finish did I what I'm that? saying. I didn't say so, that. So there has I didn't to, say it's going to help There has to be a reason to fight somebody. I just, there has to be, I just He doesn't want the money. That's ridiculous for you to say that. Now, oh if, it, if it's not for the money, then what else is It's not. Think about this. Nobody's saying this. How many times did Tank fight in 2022? Once. Exactly. There you go. One time. So, now, wait, so what? wait, Mr. So, don't I'm know glad, what you're I'm glad I can about. chime in every so often. Wait. <laughs> no, we're taking over Christian's show. Uh, hey, I'm, Listen, hey, I'm not, no, no, no. I, you're taking over. The point I'm trying to make is, you're not making so in a other point, words, you're not making a so point. So Tank shouldn't fight. So Tank shouldn't fight Saturday. You're not making a point. You're not making a point. every fight, quiet for a second. You're not making a point. I listen to you I listen to you talk, <laughs> even though what you say makes no sense. And then I, no, and then I how read. does it not make sense? Let me finish. Well, this is what Let you, me finish. This is what you're Yo, saying. Uh, just be quiet for a second. Long to just be yeah, quiet yeah. for a second. Have some self-control. Devontae Davis fought one time last year. How many times and did Ryan Garcia fight? Twice. Twice. He don't need to and fight no more. He's going to wait oh, for Javante Davis. And that's it. That's it. He's going right, to wait. Javante Davis <laughs> needs another fight because he only fought one time. So that's why he's fighting. Ryan okay. is like, I just beat two guys who were in the top 10. Leave me alone. I want to fight right. who I want to fight. So, now, so also, listen, also listen. Last, last point. After okay. he beats Morcito, you know what they're going to say? He's a bum. So I so just what? eight weeks. So what? So what? And, and, and listen, to, stop, count, to somebody, stop counting. I'm talking stop to somebody counting, who can't, some, can't deal with somebody saying something about all right. him on Instagram, and you're going to say, so what? All right, That's listen, not fair. Stop counting. Stop counting people's pockets. You don't know if he can use another million dollars or 1.5 to whatever they're paying him nowadays. You, you're saying he doesn't need the money. Who are you to say that? We don't he know said that. that. And, all right, whatever. At the end of the day, I just made, I, I was just responding to Chris. I think he should have fought because it wouldn't have, he would have made some money. Uh, he would have created a nice little highlight reel because I think he would have scored a big knockout and he still would have had enough time and he would have been staying busy in the gym. He didn't need eight weeks for that what guy. If, what if he, he needed five injured? to six weeks? What if he gets injured? All right, what, he... what, so, another, so in that case, nobody fight anybody unless it's a big championship. No, fight. we're talking about. Fights that's three months apart or less. Huh? That don't make sense. It doesn't here's make the sense. Other, here's the Four other months. concern I have right. about Ryan not fighting. You know, we've seen what the a little bit of what the Showtime PBC schedule is going to look like. You are trending towards a March date with Caleb Plant against David Benavidez. I, I hope that's on regular Showtime. I, I, I kind of doubt it, only because... You got to pay these guys a pretty significant amount of money. It might be forced onto pay-per-view. If they can put that on regular showtime, more power to them for doing that. It's a tremendous fight. Mm -hmm. uh, and you saw the tweet from Errol Spence. He says he's coming back in April. Um, networks traditionally like to space pay-per-views out. So if PBC is doing multiple pay-per-views already in March and April, it strikes me as... Yeah, at least possible that we could see a Garcia Davis fight pushed to May. And then, I don't know, what are you going to do in May? Are you going to do it, you're going to try to work it around a Canelo date? Are you going to, like, there's just a lot of, of questions with what that calendar looks like on the PBC side. That that would concern me if I was Ryan Garcia, as I sit there. And you know, Ryan gets antsy. Like, Ryan, as soon as that fight against Fortuna was over, one of the first things he said was, I'll be back in December no matter what. 
Like he wanted to be back, you know, quickly. And the last thing you want to see is Ryan Garcia looking around in March going, all right, this tank fight's not going to happen on the timeline I wanted. You know, it'll be almost a year since I fought when I finally do get back in the ring. That would concern me if I was Ryan Garcia. But there, look, the arguments can be made. That's a great, that's ways, a great but. point. I don't, I just don't think Ryan Garcia is looking into that deep. I don't think another point you made about, you know, his court issues. I don't think Ryan is thinking about that. Ryan is just saying, no. I want to fight this guy. This guy's already agreed to fight me. I'm waiting to fight him, and that's it. And that's not, that's and, and look, from I what I from from what I hear, like there are you know, dates secured, venues secured for Garcia against Tank. They're still looking at April. But again, when I saw that Spence tweet, I'm like, all right, Spence Thurman's a, a pay-per-view. Like, that's a pay-per-view. No doubt about it. Yeah. Um, I, I find it unlikely that we'd see two pay-per-views done by PBC in They've the same month. They've done that. Month. They've done that before. In the same month? Yeah, they did that. I believe it was last year or 2021. If they, they did, they don't like to. If they did, they don't like to. Because it's two, it's the way the way people look at it, it's like, you know, it's two pay cycles, right? You're not, you know, you're, you're paying a cable bill that's, you know, plus 75, mm -hmm. you know, you want to do it once, once right. per month, once yeah, per yeah. cycle. That's usually the optimistic way. But I'm curious, like, I, I just, I wonder what Ryan's thinking right now as all this is kind of uh, playing out in front of. All right, two quick things for you. Uh, I'm under an obligation to talk about Demetrius Andre because I always talk about Demetrius Andre. And he is back, um, yeah, a humbling event for him coming up. Former middleweight champion, has been off for well over a year. He is going to be, I believe, what the pay-per-view opener on uh, Tank versus Hector Garcia. He's going to wow. fight Damon Nicholson. That's a 10-round fight. He's fighting at 168. Um, he's in his mid-30s, and he's done some interviews where he's saying a lot of the things we heard him say when he was the middleweight champion. Like, nice. I want Jamal Charlo. I want the biggest fights. Mm -hmm. I want all the top guys in my era. This will be his first fight fighting on the PBC side of the street. I'm told there is you know, talks of having him fight more fights on the PBC side. Barack, we'll ask you this first. Is this the year that Demetrius Andrade gets a big fight? Because one of the wildest factoids about Demetrius Andrade is that he has never faced a current or former champion. That's wild. <laughs> he, he was no. the middleweight title holder for about three years, and he has never faced a current or former champion. Is this the year that he gets what he wants. I really do think so. I really do think so, and I and I hope so because I love the guy. Um, I think this was a smart move going to PBC. It seems a little late, but then you got like you mentioned before, we got Plant, we got Benavidez. Maybe he can look good against Nichols and and actually get the win of that. Maybe he's not ready for that uh, according to on paper. I don't know, you know, but he is a two division champ already. He is undefeated. Yeah. I'd love to see him fight the winner of one of those two guys. He's even calling out Benavidez. He called him Benavides, you know, but he's even calling out these guys as well. And I like that. But yes, he is that same guy that was calling out guys at 154, 160, and, and now 168 and haven't gotten well, those he, fights. But if, if he's not ready for, for any of those guys, now nah, he's never no, I don't. Ready. I don't I mean, mean skillfully. He's, been third I don't, he's been ready. I know. I'm just talking about on paper. No, that's what I'm saying. He's been ready for, for big fights. Right. And, and, I, and I, feel, I feel bad for what he's had to deal with over the years, wanting the big fights. And, and you know, and also I consider the promoters that dealing with, you know, maybe the draw is weak there and he's wanting a certain amount of money. I mean, you have to, you have to consider that as well as well. This is the business at the end of the day. And he wants to prove himself against those big opponents and haven't had the chance, but I think he's on the side now where there's a lot of guys there like Barack mentioned at 68, 
and you have Charlo that talked about more. Jamal Charlo talked about moving up in 168. There's a lot of history between those guys. There's, there's no excuses why that fight can't be made. So I do think he fights a big name and gets an opportunity to prove himself. Is it too late? Is he past that 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 youthful prime? We don't know. We'll 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 know once he faces one of those guys. I think. And look, you guys, everybody knows I would love to see it. <laughs> I've been calling for it for <laughs> for three years now. Um, I yeah. think one of the obstacles he may run into is that PBC is probably going to make another run at Canelo in 2023 to try to get him on a multi-fight deal. And I think the offer is going to be largely the same, to fight Jamal Charlo, to fight David Benavidez or Kayla Plant, if Plant can pull off what I, I would call an upset if he can beat Benavidez. Um, and if, if that's in play, because I do think that I think there's some momentum to do Canelo against John Ryder. Canelo has talked about it. He doesn't really want an exceptionally tough fight. No disrespect to Ryder, but mm-hmm. you know that's kind of a come-off-an-injury type of fight, the kind of fight that Canelo, frankly, has earned uh, given uh, the kind of fights he's taken in his career. But if that kind of fight's in play for September, October, and then into 2024, like I don't think guys are going to take a chance on Demetrius Andrade. I, I don't see Jamal Charlo running into an Andrade fight in the first six months of 2023. I don't see, you know, the winner of Benavidez plant in March taking on Andrade before we know what Canelo is going to do. The best thing that could happen, you know, for Andrade is if Canelo says, you know what, I really, really, really want that Bevel rematch at some time in the fall. And that frees up some of the guys in the PBC universe to potentially fight him. But, you know, I, I don't think a yeah, Bevel rematch is... Oh, I don't know if a Bevel rematch, though. A Bevel rematch is tough economically. Like, there's, you know, there's a lot of money that those guys are going to want to fight each other again. You know, both yeah. those guys the second time around. I, I think that's, I think that's, that's where we point. step in, you know, because now that... I hate that there's the size of the street that is so ridiculous. But anyway... I hate it, too. I hate it, too. Now, now that he is, and I'm talking about Demetrius Andrade, on that other side of the street, now if these fights don't happen, we can start talking about, okay... Why aren't you fighting him? We can say to these guys, why aren't you fighting him? Uh, listen, Plant Winner News can fight him. David Morrell can fight him. These are great fights, you know? So now there's no issue. Now you're going to look bad. Now PBC will look bad if those fighters that you named earlier won't fight Demetrius Andre. And, and I'm pretty sure that, you know, him fighting on PBC now, there had to be conversations there. There had to be some things... Uh, if not promised to him, but, you know, some things to look forward to, because I'm pretty sure he's saying, I want these fights, you know, let's do this 10 rounder, but, you know, you know, give me something here. And I think that, that Al is going to give him something eventually, especially if he looks entertaining in his fight against them. I mean, look, if you just take a look at it in a vacuum, there's no reason that Andrade versus Charlo shouldn't happen in like April. <laughs> like if, mm, if right. Andrade gets through a Nicholson fight without, uh, any kind of of injury, then why shouldn't it be? I mean, I, I don't think it'll happen because I don't think that after being off for 18 months, 19 months, that Charlo's going to look to jump into an Android fight, especially not at 168. But, you know, that's a fight that makes sense. It's easy to make right now. You're both operating yeah, I, in the I same I think it universe. makes sense because, first of all, Andre's not a 168-pound fighter anyway. They're both yeah, big guys who can big operate guys, yeah. at 168, but they're both 160-pound fighters you know, most, not most of their career, but a, a majority of their career. So you're not really fighting a hundred. It's like when Canelo moved up to 168 and fought Billy Joe Saunders. He ain't really fighting a 168 pounder. Not in that particular fight. Mm. 
No, I agree. Uh, I Look, I as much as anyone, I hope Demetrius Andre gets those big fights next year. Last thing, you guys do uh, a weekly conversation with Eddie Hearn. It always makes news on the DAZN Boxing Show. Eddie Hearn laid out a plan for Anthony Joshua. He's done this a couple of times, but this was like a concrete plan, he says, what he wants to work with in Anthony Joshua, which is take some kind of comeback fight in April against the top 15-ish type of guy, go into a Dillian White fight, and then a big one against Deontay Wilder before the end of the year. Ak, uh, do you like the plan, and do you think the plan is likely to play out? Well, he did say that, look, uh, the, the, the Wilder fight can happen maybe before the end of the year. Maybe get, that can be the second fight of the year. He wants uh, uh, Joshua to go out three times in 2023. I think that the plan can happen. I, I mean, I had a conversation with Finkel you know, just in passing. And it seems like, you know, that relationship is, well, at least I'm dealing with each other to make this fight is, it's looking a lot better. So I think Wilder and Joshua happens in 2023. Now, as far as it, I wish Eddie would, would throw some more names out there as far as saying the top 15. I, I, I think AJ will fight whoever. Dylan White fight, there's history there. That makes sense. It doesn't excite me, that fight. But because of the history and how competitive the first fight was until Joshua knocked him out, I guess we'll give AJ that. All right, go out there in London, fight your rival, score a big. I'm not trying to discredit, uh, uh, you know, uh, White here, but I just don't think he can beat AJ. And and I think, yeah, let's jump in to the uh, to the Wilder fight right away. I mean, who else does he who else does he fight after beating a Dillian White, leading up to a Wilder fight at the end of the year? Yeah, but uh, I mean, the man just lost twice. The man, the okay. man kind of struggled with confidence. Um, can we can we give him some confidence, builders? You know, can we? Well, that's what that's we what I him, said. I like the Dillian White fight. We, no, I mean know, that's I that's, that's not probably one of them. I think when Eddie says top fifteen, he means fifteenth guy. <laughs> you know, and he means the he means one of the uh, organizations. Oh, wait, are gonna so make are you are you saying that, that are you saying that Dillian White won't uh, would be a hard fight for for Anthony Joshua? I say he should go like what Eddie says, top 15 guy, then go to a Dillian White or something like that. You let him build his confidence to even get to Dillian White. The guy just lost twice. That's usually the normal procedure of a guy who loses once. He lost twice, you know, and then he was, he had like a, a breakdown in the ring afterwards. He's like, yo, he's pissed off at himself. He needs that. Yeah. So I say, don't throw him in there with Wilder. You know, Wilder might have lost a couple of times, but he's super. A lot. Wilder lost twice too. It was stopped and, twice. And look who he fought. I mean, he just and, he's just and, coming and, off and, a big win. Right. Window. And look who he fought. He fought one of the top yeah. fifteen guys. You Which know was I mean? a perfect. I mean, that that Robert Hellenius was perfect for yeah. Wilder because he was, was credible component. given the Kavnaski wins. But we all, all right, knew coming in that he didn't have a lot left. That that's exactly the type of guy. Eddie needs. He needs someone with some credibility coming off at least one reasonable win, um, but also not exceptionally dangerous. Those guys are hard to come by. I mean, I, I'm no, thinking like you no. could even do uh, that might even be too dangerous for him. I don't know. I mean, like it's who's that? Jaylee Zhang. Jaylee Zhang. And he's coming off the loss too, so it's tough. I, I, I still think Eddie wants to get Jaylee Zhang a couple of wins and do a, a Joshua fight in Macau or okay. somewhere in Beijing. Like okay. I still think that's 
that's part of the plan. But like you look at you like you almost wish Charles Martin was more active after the <laughs> loss to Luis Ortiz. Like rematch, that Charles Martin, loss. former that title was a holder. Good loss. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like I like that for Joshua. I like Luis Ortiz, and I know he's older, but look, he he gave a good effort in the Ruiz fight. You know, ended that fight strong. I think it was competitive, and he's older. But I like that fight because it's still an older guy who has skills and has power. I, I would I would shoot for that guy if I could if I was Eddie. I'm not a promoter, but I like that fight to to start off. The name is big, and I just don't think he would. Uh, I don't think that he can beat Joshua. I don't think he'd hurt, he'll hurt Joshua. Uh, I think he's well past his prime. So if there was a, a top name that I would pick, would I feel be like Luis he doesn't Ortiz. need a name for this particular first fight. Yeah, I agree. No, but why not? He, he does it, but why not? What, would it hurt because, if he had a name? No, if he no, had a guy because like that's Luis a potential Ortiz? loss. So. No, nah, I don't see it. I don't. I don't see it. No, I'm, I think you got to be real. If he doesn't need a name, it. then why do it? Why not? No, the question is why do it because he doesn't need it. So why do it? Be, because 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 it looks good. Hey, I'm coming off of two losses, but guess what? I'm hopping right back in. Hundred percent in January, good. February yeah. against the Luis Ortiz, and you know what? Scores a big knockout. He's back up there. You're right. It looks you're also, good. You're also trying to sell a pay-per-view, too, in, in the UK. And, like, Joshua sells a lot all on his own. People go to see him fight That's no it. matter who he fights. No but matter who he I, fights. I do, think, I do think if you want to do a decent number on pay-per-view, you got to have somebody with a level of of credibility. I, again, I don't know who that is because those guys are not easy to find. The Robert Hellenia situation just was absolutely was perfect. perfect for PBC. Perfect. It was absolutely perfect how that situation developed. I mean, and good not for, for Deontay pay-per-view, Wilder. not for pay-per-view. Though. No, no, you're right. But like, you know, yeah, well. I no, did not just do well. But like, yeah, but yeah, 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 I get, no, it's a good point, Hawk, that, you know, you try to sell a pay-per-view, you didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, although <laughs> pay-per-views nowadays are just exceptionally difficult to, uh, to, to, to sell at a high level. But I look, I, I actually decide more Baraga on this one. Like you just, you want to get him a win and you want to get him a knockout and you want to get him working with a new trainer and you want to just get him in motion in a positive way again. Like to make and, that And pay-per-view happen. is 25 pounds. You know, it's That's not, true. it's not something crazy. So cheap All right, so Lewis, or, Lewis Ortiz wouldn't be a, a pay-per-view fight for Joshua in London? Every fight would is be. a pay-per-view it would fight be. for, for yeah, Joshua. It would be. No, I, I, I understand, Barack, anybody, but Lewis Ortiz is a known name in a heavyweight division, so I think that would be better. It wouldn't be. I, I'm not. It, I get, no, I'm nobody's arguing like from... you. You're, you're right. I'm just saying the <laughs> it's just the danger level. That's not the uh, guy you go into after fighting two uh, guys, okay. losing two I guys. I just, they, this is, I, this I love is a dangerous the, sport. <laughs> I love the emails I get, uh, you know, once every couple of months that Otto Wallin is available, ready to fight Anthony Joshua. I get the, I get <laughs> that name is always thrown it's out. Always there. Thrown oh, out. That's a good fight. Uh, he's a good fighter. <laughs> he's a good fight. He might almost be too dangerous, though. Like Wallin, yes. it's, it's almost... I, I would uh, say he's more dangerous than Luis Ortiz, to be honest with you. He might be. He's he might still be. in Luis his prime, look, left-handed. You know, he's good. Ortiz looked a little punchy in that Ruiz fight. He exactly. looked, uh, he, his chin did not look great. Uh, mm-hmm. You guys were terrific. As always, check out Akin Barak weekdays on DAZN, the DAZN app, D-A-Z-N.com as well. Appreciate the conversation, guys. Thanks for joining me. As always. Our no pleasure. Man. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, bro. Take it easy. And when we come back, this week's picks brought to you by FanDuel. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Now, I'm supposed to talk here about what I remember and what I loved about my first car. And that's easy for me to do because I still have my first car. And as long as it keeps running, and so far so good, I intend to have that car Probably until the day I die. Uh, That's how much I love that car. It is like a child to me. Now, it does require some upkeep, and that's why I'm grateful for a place like eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED lights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Looking to get more of the NBA this season? Well, now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. You can do player props, player points, rebounds, assists, all of it, and so many more exclusive bets, like the 2 by 3 two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. FanDuel is also now live in Ohio. So Cavaliers fans, you can get in the action right away. Make sure you get in on it with great offers just for you now and throughout January. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 in free bets when you join FanDuel with promo code BOXING. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Time now for this week's picks brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. And this week, the big fight is in D.C. Gervonta Davis, Hector Luis Garcia, 135 pounds, Showtime pay-per-view. Huge event coming up this Saturday in D.C. The line, predictably, Big in favor of Gervonta Davis. Right now, Gervonta is at minus 1450 to win, according to FanDuel. Hector Luis Garcia at plus 770. I'm not going to tell you not to bet on Gervonta Davis here. He is the more natural 135-pounder. He is the bigger puncher. But I, as I said during the podcast, I feel like Hector Luis Garcia is being underestimated. He's undefeated. He's coming off the best year of his career. He's got a great trainer behind him. He's going to come in with a great game plan. This is his Super Bowl. I want to bet on Hector Luis Garcia so bad. The safe bet here is Gervonta Davis. It it probably ends with Gervonta picking up a stoppage in the second round of this fight, but get a little money to float out there. I'd put a little bit of money on Hector Luis Garcia, but my official pick is Gervonta Davis plus 1450. 
1450, I should say, uh, to win this fight. Method of victory, Javante, heavily favored still to win by knockout, minus 330, according to FanDuel. I think that's the way he wins. I actually think if this goes to a decision, Hector Luis Garcia has a good chance of winning it, but he fights a little bit too upright for me. He leaves that chin exposed a little bit too often. I think Gervonta is eventually going to catch it. I think he wins this fight by knockout. Those are my picks. And if you want to bet Hector Luis Garcia, I'm not going to discourage you from putting a little bit of money on there. But those are my picks brought to you by FanDuel. That's it for this week's episode. My thanks to Ak and Barak for joining the show. As always, subscribe, rate, review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you download podcasts. And I'll see you next week. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.